This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Olivia Quinn. And I'm Hariyato Diman. Welcome to The Straits Times, the big story podcast where we analyse key issues with our journalists and guest experts. Professor, it's been reported that the new variants are more transmissible. Does this mean there's a higher risk of transmission in transient settings? Say, for example, like public transport, malls, or even more enclosed spaces like lifts? Thank you for having me back. So it may be, perhaps be useful if we look at what does the phrase more transmissible actually means in terms of the mechanism of infections. It could actually mean that someone infected with one of these new variants will have a much higher viral load or it could mean that the infected person remains contagious and infectious for a longer period of time. It could also mean that the coronavirus is able to attach itself better to the human cell, or it could survive better and longer on droplets, aerosols, and surfaces. And because of some of this mechanism, the risk of being infected by someone contagious with one of these new variants in the settings that you talk about in public transportation, malls, and closed spaces, particularly enclosed spaces with very poor ventilation, will definitely be higher now compared to the original coronavirus that we saw in early 2020. Even if the degree of interactions that we have now could be shorter or less intimate. Right. Well, Prof, the nature of viruses is that you know it will mutate to spread and survive. So what's the possibility then that SARS-CoV-2, in trying to survive and become more transmissible, it becomes you know airborne? So I think, again, it may be useful to clarify what this statement of airborne transmission actually means. Because when we talk about airborne transmission in the context of the coronavirus, we are actually talking about the chance that within an indoor, poorly ventilated environment, where the circulation of air is poor, the coronavirus can remain suspended in fine droplets or aerosol particles in the air such that the spread goes beyond the one to two meters of social distancing that we typically think about. But it doesn't mean that airborne transmission doesn't mean that when you walk about in parks or outdoor spaces, breathing in fresh air in an outdoor setting, that you can end up being infected equally If you're indoors, if the ventilation is good with constant circulation of air, the chance of airborne transmission actually continues to remain low. Bear in mind that the main method of transmission is still through droplets and surfaces. So understanding the specific context of this airborne transmission is very important. So should we be worried about this airborne transmission? Actually, from the very beginning, we have maintained that indoor air-conditioned environment with poor ventilation are precisely the settings that allow the coronavirus to spread very well. So in this regard, our precautions, what we knew all along on mask wearing, social distancing, have always been there to guard against such modes of transmission. Coming back to your question on the evolution of the coronavirus, yes, definitely. The coronavirus is constantly mutating and evolving better infect people in order to survive. Earlier on, I talked about the higher viral load. So the higher viral load right now is actually part of the mechanism that the virus uses to survive better by being able to infect people. And this constant evolution will happen regardless. Professor, local authorities are investigating the possibility of airborne transmission happening in some settings here. Uh, We know that you mentioned a a, a little bit earlier on about uh, mask wearing and all that, but uh, what additional challenges, uh, if any at all, does this recent development pose to our pandemic management? So I think there are two parts to this question. 
The first is what we've been talking about, what individuals can do to minimize their personal risk of infection if the coronavirus goes airborne and if it becomes the dominant mode of, trend, of spread. The second is what it means for our public spaces, such as workplaces, our public transportation system, hospitals and other healthcare facilities. So the implication of airborne transmission definitely pose significant challenges to public spaces because it means that there will now be a need to modify many of our indoor infrastructure and to upgrade ventilation systems, including how we filter air, our air filtration systems in buildings. So new ventilation, air quality, hygiene standards will need to be established to guide some of this implementation and assessment. So in the short term, these are some things that is going to be difficult to implement very quickly. So then it puts us next to the, the next part, which is what can we do as individuals then to minimize our personal risk? And I think there's been a lot of comments around and, and guidance on how do we choose the right mask. And that becomes important because especially a mask that has multiple layers where at least one of the layer is actually meant to be a filter, a filtration layer or there's always the surgical mask. Second, when we talk about airborne, I mentioned look at natural ventilation, look at making sure circulation of air remains uh, a viable option. So opening windows, relying on fans, those are very practical advice that I believe many uh, homes can actually have. Workplaces may be a little bit more challenging, including public transportation. So then when in these places, it still comes back to some degree of distancing because the reality is that the closer we are to someone who is infected, the greater the risk to be exposed to a high concentration of particles, be it droplets or aerosols that we are talking about that contains the coronavirus. Maintaining the distance between people, we will be already lowering infection risk. But I think just to highlight airborne transmission, if it really does happen often and easily, will challenge our assumptions that we have around social distancing. So I think that's something that we need to remember. But Fortunately, having talked about all this, the main mode of transmission right now is still through droplets and aerosols from close contacts, especially when we're engaging in activities without our mask on. So making sure that we continue to practice the necessary mask wearing and social distancing etiquette will continue to go a long way towards protecting against infection. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.